welcome to Mares in Black, the podcast for hobbyists by hobbyists. I'm Jackie. Hey, and I'm Heather. And um, we're back. And today we've got a um, big discussion, mostly about the youth perspective in the hobby. Um, and we're going to bring up the usual sort of news and things that we like to talk about. Yeah, we're done being exhausted from Briarfest. We're sorry for the delay, but man, we need a couple <laughs> weeks off, dude. I'm sure you understand. Yeah, like, now it's we're being exhausted from our regular lives. Yeah, now it's now it's just our normal lives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got a number of interviews in this show. We've got um, some comments from uh, some people that emailed us to read. And we've got a whole youth roundtable that you had. <laughs> my, you train of thought, my, my, my train of thought just went, well, that's right kind off, of an interview. Yeah. yeah so right we, have, yeah. We, had a, we have an interview with Stormy Strike, who mm-hmm. is one of the most um, uh, followed um, personalities on YouTube. Um, we have an interview, a roundtable with uh, three kids that make YouTube films. Uh, young women, I should say. They're, they've mm-hmm. grown, they started when they were kids. And then we have an interview with um, Kim Bjorgothorn, who is one of the co-managers, along with Eleanor Harvey, of the youth show. And uh, she's also an educator um, and a lifelong hobbyist. So she has some good stuff, too. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it is going to be um, a good time. And... Um, Kind of our next show, we're going to talk about Meows and Minis because uh, we are going to reunite at in Chicago in like ten days. <laughs> I have I've not not done squat, but got my herd out. Like I, am, I got them all out, and I was all gung ho, and then I they are all know. packed into the tote, tote bag carry on. They're going to go in. I've just got to work on my performance. You are, uh, you are always more organized than me. Always, yeah, not always. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's already go. We got a lot of shout outs after the last show, which was awesome. We did. So, we, we, uh, show five, I think has been everybody's favorite so far. Mm-hmm. It's done really well. Um, as far as uh, listenership goes and we had a number of artists shout us out. Um, Kylie Parks from, uh, Thornrose studio, Amanda Brock from Rogue Horse, Tegan, uh, Skaggs from Lovely Wicked. Um, or is it Wicked Lovely? I think it's Wicked Lovely. I think you're right. She's working Sorry, on some beautiful quaggas yes. right now. Oh, I know. And uh, so we if we missed anybody, I apologize. But we really, those really help the show because mm-hmm. it goes out to your followers. And you guys have, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of followers in some cases. So it's it's really fantastic. And we it appreciate helps, it. It definitely helps people find us because every time something like that comes out, we get a few new, more people that yep. join the page. Speaking of which, we got Switzerland. Yes. So whoever it is in Switzerland... Send us some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down with that, actually. <laughs> right? It's using and our some power fondue. for good. <laughs> uh, uh, also, we're going to do a poll after uh, after this show publishes about, uh, give you some choices about themes you want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. we, we thought we'd do Meows and Minis because it's fun and we have some more serious subjects we want to cover, um, such as judging. We're not quite up to that yet because, you know. <laughs> Because, you know, Woo! it gets heated. <laughs> it gets really quick. Um, uh, but if what do you want to hear? Like, do you want to talk about tack and props and performance? Talk about the new wave of customizers uh, making a living with the hobby? Let us know. And we'll put a poll up with some of the things we think you want to hear. And uh, hopefully we can leave a blank so that you can fill some stuff in yourself. Because I um, guarantee you there's stuff we're not thinking of. Right. Absolutely. Guarantee you. you know, Um. 
And scattered throughout the show, we're going to we're going to read youth. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. We're going to read uh, some snippets from uh, the youth perspective, uh, just about their experience in the hobby, either now or in the past when, you know, when they were younger. So um, we'll start the first one after this segment. Mm-hmm. My name is Emily, but I'm mostly known as M in the hobby. I'm 16 years old and I'm from England. I own and run a YouTube channel called M Slyke, which enables me to share my love for my model horses and other loves. I post all sorts of videos from tutorials, model horse series, challenge videos, and much, much more. I feel the younger generation are just wanting to have fun and enjoy the process of showing models and not worry if they qualify for bigger shows. If models do well, then it's definitely exciting, but just taking part and enjoying the experience is the most important to young collectors. I personally and a few friends know that we just want to show for fun and get the enjoyment of seeing each other showing our ponies the best we can, and that's all we want to do. If the models qualify, it's extra excitement, but not a must. And here we are with the news. Um, kind of the big thing is Copper Fox has now closed. They're gone. Sadness. Yeah. There, there's a, there is a website that's kind of documenting all their models and their history. Um, uh-huh. So that will be up at least for a while. Their website, I think, is still there. But I believe, I believe it goes away at the end of the month. Yep. But uh, yep. And I, I, I didn't glean from there anything that's solid that's going on with their molds. Um, no. Except that they were very mysterious about stuff was going to happen with their molds. Yeah, so. they they said there was it sound the way they worded it. It sounded like maybe more than one party was interested. So we'll see. We'll we see might what see happens. them again. It's uh, you know it's a shame. But, it is. Uh, we we like having choices. Uh, not that we don't love Briar or Stone, but you know the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. I see it as a hobbyist. Yeah, um, and it keeps everybody honest. Yeah. So we'll miss them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Model horse classified. Uh, so they had a couple little hiccups, but uh, I think Erica's got them yeah. ironed out. At Erica the Erica Ipes has been banging on it. And I think she's got it done. Um, she had to reload the database, and I know uh, some of the pictures are missing from previous uploads. Uh, that is because when she reload uploaded the database, it doesn't reload the pictures. So if your pictures are missing, go ahead and re- reload them. That's yeah, and actually, not a big deal. What you got to do is, is there's like a spacer that's like holding where your picture had been. You have to delete that one and then reload the picture. Otherwise, it shows up the preview with no picture. Um, I learned that when I was re-uploading my stuff. Yeah. And it seems so. like more and more people are, are are dipping their toe in the water with that site, mm-hmm. which is really good to see. So, you know, give it a shot if you're thinking about selling some horses. There's nothing saying you can't list there and on model horse sales pages. Right. But the more you know. we use stuff, the more, you, get, you know, the more people come to it. And, right, you know, I know a lot of people have not been happy that Model Horse sales pages sometimes is down for a long time. It doesn't go Well, back. and it's got security problems yeah. now. And it's just, it's a little outmoded. And I think if you look at uh, Model Horse Classified, it's uh, it's much more in the vein of current sales mm-hmm. sites. So, um, so check so it out. So that's, yeah, it's modelhorseclassified.com. Yes. And because Erica doesn't have enough to do... <laughs> Because she's a glutton for punishment. She has taken on, she's describing it as model horse Etsy, but it sounds like a lot more than that. It's going to be a sales site for horse art and horse model horse stuff, but there's also going to be like a social media component. I haven't checked this out just yet. I just haven't had time. I tried to register. It sounds super interesting. 
I tried to register when she was testing it. And it was like, error, error, no can't do. Oh, I did so. get through the registration fine, but I haven't done anything beyond that. So, so, so yeah, we'll look so forward to that. Stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if, well. If anyone <laughs> uses this, it, it will be fun. Yeah. Uh, so on the HR Tennessee, Hagen Renneker, Tennessee front, mm-hmm. um, Christina has molded and fired the first five or six loves. Um, she she uh, Facebook live one of the unmoldings that I was lucky enough to see. I, um, I missed that entirely. Yeah, she did two. Uh, one of them uh, came out great. The other one had uh, a collapse mm. on the top line. And then she um, really nimbly showed how she pushes those out to fix like, because it's still in greenware, it's still workable. Right. So that was super interesting. And then she um, posted some pictures on uh, HR Tennessee of the horses in the kiln. So, and Sweet. there's probably more pictures now. So that's super, super, super exciting. That's very exciting. Wee, wee, wee. Yay. Crusaders soon. <laughs> um, and something that um, Heather has been kind of banging around, we just talked about this is... Um, one of the things that we got from talking to some of the younger young people this past week or so is they do find us a little scary <laughs> and it would be great probably, you know, for the older hobbyists, the younger hobbies and the hobby in general, if we found some way to stop treating each other like we're so terrifying. Um, so Heather's, we're, so we're thinking about um, starting up some kind of informal mentor a youth program. On like a matchup. Yeah. yeah, we haven't totally banged out all the details yet, but I think this is a great idea. One of, one of the things, um, especially with the the, the YouTubers, uh, they talked about how they would love to start learning how to judge and get more into performance and showing and, uh, you know, how much fun they have with it. Um, but it, they need people, especially with the judges, to shepherd them. So mm-hmm. I, it would be really great... Um, uh, to do a match system with regions or states or localities where we can, you know, the the youth can come to us and say, hey, I'm interested in this. And then we have a list of people close to them or somebody that at least goes to the same shows right. and match them up so that they can, uh, they can kind of shadow uh, the mentor or show alongside them, which would be really super, super cool. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, we're not completely full formed on that. But if you're interested, email us at, um, Info at mayorsandblack.com. Yep. And we'll get you hooked up. And finally, uh, NAMSA had its VP election just this past week. Um, I believe also if you are in an even numbered region, you are probably electing your regional rep as well. I'm in region nine and you're in region three. So we didn't have those. Nope. Um, I just got the VP ballot. Um, I did my vote. I sent it in. See what happens. Yeah, That's all I got uh, to say. the VP was the only one I had, and she was mm-hmm. running unopposed. So you know, you could either vote for her or you could abstain. That was yeah. the choice you had. Uh, yeah. They have not announced the results, um, but we'll let you know as soon as they do. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, they will announce them tomorrow. That is my <laughs> yeah, of course. So wrap the show and <laughs> and and there'll be there'll be news. Four horses from Briar will come out, and <laughs> yeah, cause the next premiere model is yeah, that right? Too. Yeah. Julie Matz is an adult hobbyist that grew up in the hobby and is committed to encouraging youth in the hobby and hails from Lexington, Kentucky. From my perspective, most kids have no idea what NAMSA or NAN is. The organization has not done much to reach out to the younger generation at all. Many kids and teens have never heard of it and others find it way too intimidating. 
Some think that Briarfest open show and youth shows are the only model horse shows that exist. They have no idea there could be local shows in their areas, and a few don't have shows at all. If they have heard of Nan and want to show, their parents may not be willing to drive or spend the money on entrance fees. So, new releases. Um, because we took three weeks off, everybody and their dog released something new. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> um so uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about um, the uh, Raleigh because I want to do the I okay. like to do the OFs first. Uh, let's okay, go a little bit out of order. So um, I just I just paid for my Raleigh the other night. He's actually I got a ship notice on him today. This is the the new release for the Briar Stablemate Club. It's a little um, Pinto uh, mini five gator, and the, the pattern I believe is designed by Gretchen O'Neill. Um, the pictures I've seen have looked gorgeous. I held out on mine because I was hoping that something else would get released and I could get mine shipping, but alas. That yeah, I got to pay for mine tomorrow because tomorrow's the last day. Yeah, so I'm sure yeah, so. I'm sure Briar, Friday something else is coming. Bundle, Briar, bundle. Yeah. It's mean. It's mean. I know you doing. try. I know you try. I know you try. <laughs> we love you, Briar. The day after we recorded this, Briar did indeed release Dundee on the last day that Raleigh was available. Uh, I think everything else we have is artist uh, yeah, driven every- stuff. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about first off, mini backbeat thunder blanks, which mm-hmm. uh, Lynn Fraley announced last week, and everybody fell out. Um, it it looks gorgeous. It looks shrunk down. I like I like that sculpture, and I love it in mini. Just love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like it. It's another one I like fantastic. a lot better in mini. Yeah. I don't get so it. so sh- those are for sale for one hundred and. 20 110 they were reasonable for what they yeah, are because they're not, not stable meat they're kind of they're bigger than that yeah they're they're weird in between curio yeah. and and mini that's yeah. like a people usually call them large stable mates but, but I, don't know, I don't know he's bigger than a large stable so mate. yeah I so think. so lynn fraley has released that um and nikki button has already painted one. and nikki button has <laughs> uh has painted a, bl- a belgian blonde uh <sighs> With dapples, Nikki. he's really, really pretty. Nikki like Bio. That, that color really, that is my favorite color, I think, is Belgian Blonde and Bay. He's um, he's amazing. He's really pretty. He's amazing. So. Uh, way to go, Nick. Uh, yeah. He's up for offers at the moment. I could probably, he probably ends soon. Uh, Amanda Brock's, uh, not many. This was a full-size Alboroso mm-hmm. and smutty Dapple Palomino just ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, gorgeous gorgeous thing um congrats to the winner um uh, i don't remember how much it went for do you i don't I think either. it was like 850 yeah it was it was bargainish i thought it, it was bargain <laughs> it was hella bargain, bargain. yeah freaking briar yeah so uh, who was it i was talking to was like oh she got really good money for that mini alboroso and i was like <laughs> it wasn't a mini that, that was not a mini <laughs> that was the real deal Dude, oh damn you're right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's also, uh, a new, uh, uh, Francine Dare mini. Uh, it's a Brishan. It's a really shimmery, uh, copper Tobiano. It looks very, like kind of very a, pretty, very pretty. It's on, I believe yeah. it's on eBay. I, I, I just saw the pictures of it. I don't remember where she was. Selling, I will, she was I will have, she usually uses eBay though. Yeah, she does. I, I will have the links on, uh, the blog, uh, mm-hmm. the resources. Um, I think that auction is still ongoing. Yeah. Um, uh, Mel Miller also 
uh, released a mini Alborozo, not a full yep. size, but a mini in buckskin. Yep. Um, and that was on my auction barn. And yes, I wonder who won that. I don't know. He's in my Jackie. house. Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> He's in my house. She just He's took- actually already packed. To go to Meow's Minis. Took flight and flew there. He is fabulous. And that Uh, is why I am not bidding on anything else we're talking about. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. He is he is lovely. He is lovely. And he he was also bargainish, if you ask me. He also his pictures did not he was he was nice in his pictures. He is way nicer in person. Yeah. So very Hear that, Mel? Up your game. Yeah, Yeah, game. Yeah, Mel. Whatever. Um, we had Leslie, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody's familiar with her color, uh, lecture and she usually has, um, she used to have kind of a prop picture of an illustration she did of an Appaloosa that was all wrong. Mm-hmm. And then she glazed, uh, she glazed one that is just lovely, but is not realistic. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and so she endeavored to glaze another one in uh, kind of the same pattern that was correct. And so uh, she's been posting pictures of that, that little foal. It's a, uh, it's Oliver. It's, it's Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. Um, Oliver. So check her Facebook, her studio page out if you want to see that. And uh, she also, just really, she also mentioned she'd be making more shiny, po- shiny ponies. So that's always a good day. Yeah. She says that. And then I know it takes a she, while. She publishes a magazine. <laughs> but she stopped that. I know, but now she's going to write another book. And then she'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's going to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she usually she usually is good for about five or six a year. Yeah. So, right, we'll she's see. never she's never been super prolific, which is why her stuff is, you know, so sought after. Yeah. Um, besides the fact that it's ingenious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we talked about Backbeat Thunder. Yeah. I did not see this other, um, dare horse. Um, the mini Andalusian, the mini, mini Andalusian. Was that, was that dare? It says dare. Yeah. I think she previewed, uh, she previewed a mini Andalusian that she's working on. I can't remember what color, but it was, uh, it was in progress. Okay. I probably need to go join her Facebook group. Cause I did not see that. You think? I think that's why. Yeah, probably. It's your professional okay. duty as a podcaster. That, is, uh, that will be, it's on the to-do list as soon as we're done here. <laughs> uh, uh, Nikki Button let me know that Olaf, the fjord that was CM'd by Raven Maddock, uh, is going to go up soon. Mm-hmm. It is the, um, I'm not sure what she CM'd to get it, but it's uh, it's a little fjord pony with its its head turned to the right. Um, really pretty. I saw it at Briarfest in person. It's gorgeous. So that's, I, I imagine that auction is going to be a horse race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Stephanie Blaylock got herself a whole herd of mini Almorosos. Like potato is, chips. And potatoes painting them in a selection of lovely colors. Um, Stephanie Blaylock also has the most entertaining way to do um, like drawings. Like when she gets, has, has horse she wants to sell, uh, she she has people who put their name in the hat, and what what she does is she has her young cat select one of the pieces of paper because she like throws them all out in front of a fan, and with the first one that she runs after, that's who wins. I think all of our lottery drawings should be done Facebook Live with people's cats. Absolutely, like Skylar would be into that. Grandma but is the bomb. Grandma's hilarious. So <laughs> yeah. 
so Stephanie has uh, Stephanie has five she's working on. It looks like she's got a light gray, solid mm-hmm. gray. Uh, she, I believe she's working on a medium dapple gray that's going to eventually end up mulberry. Mm. Um, a chestnut, a cremello, and a, and a buckskin. Yeah, it was a, a nice, done. nice yeah. range of colors. Yeah. So, uh, so I know there are people already uh, on Facebook fighting over who gets what. <laughs> yeah, I know the, po- the posturing has begun. <laughs> I, I have talked to Steph and people have been trying to backdoor everybody else and get her to sell them their stuff on, behind closed doors. So kudos to you, that Sneaky. Is, that is time-honored, time-honored hobby turkeys. tradition. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, I, uh, I I told her that um, there's a lot of interest in her stuff um, and not to tick everybody off, but uh, to not sell herself short on her prices because, Absolutely you know, not. she's an A-list artist that doesn't seem to realize it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but those, I, I'm not sure how she wouldn't tell me how she was going to release them. She did say she's going to keep at least one, if not two, for herself. So oh, she good. Won't. Chew on that. <laughs> I do like that she keeps some of her work. Yeah, well, I like that. She always does. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because Steph started painting for herself. You know, it's only yeah. been in the last few years that she's really started hardcore selling stuff. Um, hmm. And it's not really even that hardcore. No. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I personally uh, love the medium dapple gray and the Carmelo. I think those are both even yeah, those even are- without the mulberry. Mulberry, they're pretty. But they're I know a lot. Pretty. A lot of people are really interested in that light gray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's going to be a bloodbath. She should, <laughs> she should auction that one. That's how I told her. She, you know, if you're if you're gonna do do one and take offers, you know, because yeah, just to see if not for anything else to earmark where, what your work's worth. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So. so. All right. So it's time to kind of move on to our main main topic and in interviews. My name is Courtney, and I am a 17-year-old model horse customizer and a Briarfest Best Custom finalist in 2016. I run my studio, Long's Custom Studios, as my job alongside my high school career. Regarding youth in the hobby, I think there are lots of children in the hobby. They just aren't active live showers or attend regular model horse events. This could be because they're still very young and not aware of the massive hobby. For teenagers, I know many in my school who love the hobby and collect lightly, but are not diehard collectors. Teens are very active in social media as an aspect of the hobby. I went to Briarfest this year and had so many girls ask for photos with me simply because they knew me from social media. I think that adult hobbyists and show holders can be even more welcoming to kids through social media and YouTube. Artist Chris Flint invites you to her webpage, Beau Creations, at www.beauchevaux.com. That's B-O-S-H-E-V-O.com. Learn how to create your own model horse masterpieces by clicking the link for trade secrets and methods, or choose a finished sales piece by clicking the sale barn link. To keep up with the latest news, be sure to like the studio page on Facebook, Beau Creations. Proud to support the Mares in Black podcast. Okay, we're back with the theme topic discussion, which is youth and the hobby. Um... The, the point of this show was not only to reach out to the hobby and have them talk, the young hobby and have them talk to us, was to educate adults on um, what's going on with them, how we can make the, the hobby more accessible, how we can cater to them more, because, you know, we want the hobby to, to keep flourishing. Um, there's, you know, no doubt looking at Briarfest and looking at some of the numbers on social media, especially YouTube, there is there is hunger for model horses. Oh, and it's, yeah. 
you know, Briarfest is packed and keeps getting more packed every year. So it's not like there is an interest out there. Um, one of the interviews I tried to get and couldn't pull off was Honey Heart C, who is kind of the Nick Jr., if you will, of the YouTubers. Um, she has 800,000 subscribers. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, so that'll, <laughs> that'll make you sit up and pay attention. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's all these kids from, you know, six to probably 10 before they start, you know, getting really maybe 12, getting really active that are, are into the toy part of it, that are into the imagination, that are into uh, everything from uh, Slikes to Briar to the, the to the video, you know, apps, video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they transition into showing and doing more um, adult-driven uh, things like YouTube. So, so with even within different age, you just can't blanket quantify it. You have to talk about the age group you're aiming for. Right. Um, so you talked to Stormy Strike. What were your impressions? I did. Um, my impressions were um, she's, you know, I kind of followed her on Instagram. She followed me back. And that's kind of been most of my exposure with her. Um, before I did the interview, I kind of went and checked out her YouTube stuff. Um, and she had been one of these people had made the, the model horse movies that were super popular a couple of years ago. Um, and, um, kind of from that, she went off to go be a filmmaker. Yeah. And so she, she says she's going to come back and do model horse movies now. Um, again, I'm excited you know, about that. I'm excited about that as well. Um, cause I really got hooked on some of her, her, her one series she'd had. Um, that well, she made yeah, five and, or six years ago. And I really like a lot of the more um, adult content. Well, informational content. I shouldn't say adult right. because she's still clearly talking to a younger audience. Um, her stuff is super accessible, super friendly, super casual. It's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how kids are ingesting their media. They're, you know, we do have kids listening to the podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, the name of the game is YouTube. Every single person I talked to um, that was under 18 was like, YouTube's the way to go. That is, you know, besides messaging, which is not an effective mm-hmm. way to get out a big message like right. the podcast does. You know, YouTube is a YouTube is how um, they they get their information. So we got we got to look at our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, and this, I, I, this is the one on the takeaway I'm getting from this. Is I, we need I to think start that's, doing stuff. But we're never going to be in a position, I don't think, to like broadcast from the like. The, oh gosh, the podcast. no, no. But I, I do think we can look into doing um, interviews and you Stable know stuff tours like that. and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And invite people to do the same thing. Yes, you know, we can host them on our channel. Yeah. Uh, so let's listen. Uh, Jackie interviewed Stormy this past weekend, so let's listen to that interview um, now. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Stormy Strike. Say hi, Stormy. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And um, we're going to talk to her today um, kind of about what the youth, mostly focusing on what kind of youth stuff is going on in the the hobby right now. Um, Kind of, I, being an older person who shows a lot, I often think of the hobby as showing model horses, but I think it's also a very, very tiny snippet of it. So uh, maybe you can, we can start out by you know, telling us how you got involved with with model horses. Well, I kind of had them growing up throughout my life, but I never really got into the hobby until I started finding stuff on YouTube, actually. When I started seeing people 
do videos about model horses and making movies with them and things like that. That's when I started to discover the hobby and what really got me into collecting. Did your family have live horses or you just were super into animals or, you know? Uh, no, I've never, uh, my family's never had horses before or anything, but, uh, we've always loved animals. Uh, like when I was a baby, we had like several dogs and a couple cats <laughs> and, uh, I actually played with some briars. My mom gave me, I'd play with them in the backyard and that kind of thing. Hmm. And um, I was looking at your YouTube channel, so it looks like I was really fascinated when everybody was doing these kind of elaborate dramas with their briars. Um, I know 100% that if, if having video and stuff was, was accessible when I was a teenager, I would have definitely been doing that. But how did you get into, because that involves a whole lot more than just playing with horses. It's a whole bunch of writing and plotting stuff out and planning things how did you get started doing that uh well i actually always not always but i started getting an interest in film when i was pretty young still so from that i always kind of knew i wanted to make movies and stuff Mm -hmm. so i immediately was attracted to the idea of seeing people make their little model horse movies although when i first started it wasn't nearly as organized i noticed a lot of the little films people made they would just kind of made it up as they went it wasn't really as planned but now everyone seems to expect a lot higher quality of like okay you have scripts you have people voicing the horses for you and hmm. have all these editing things and different shots and stuff now so it's kind of different in that sense but I don't know. I've just always loved that stuff. And I actually started on YouTube not doing model horse stuff. I actually did some other stuff related to like film and animation and Mm -hmm. editing. And then from that is where I ended up finding the model horse stuff and went from there. But is film something you think you want to do like as a career? Oh, yeah. I actually already uh, graduated with my uh, bachelor's degree in film and electronics art. Oh wow! Electronic arts this past uh, past spring. So, oh, well, congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, I noticed. Are you still making kind of model horse movies? Or is that kind of on hold while you were at school? Yeah, I, it kind of went on hold, and I had a bunch of stuff going on in my life, and I just didn't have the time for it anymore. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm kind of have my own business, I'm kind of trying to work on. I am going to be starting up model horse movie stuff again oh that's kind of exciting actually <laughs> yeah i'm really i'm really excited about it because for like a couple of years now too i've been like thinking about it a lot and having these ideas but just never being able to actually work on anything mm-hmm. so now i'm gonna actually be able to work on all this stuff i've been kind of having in the back of my mind forever so it's really oh, really that, exciting that's really cool because i noticed kind of the more recent model horse videos were kind of the unboxing sort of videos and these were something I never really understood until I started watching them and my take on them is, is these are kind of like when I was a kid and I went to the tax store and got a new horse the first thing I was doing was going to my best friends and being like look what I got this is so cool yeah. <laughs> um, and my assumption this is kind of a way to do that but with a, a much bigger audience yeah the unboxing videos are interesting because I feel like they didn't really they weren't really popular when I started YouTube which was almost like eight nine years ago now Mm -hmm. but now that is like such a huge thing 
but I, I mean, like I love seeing reviews too, stuff like that I want to buy, but I want to find out first if it's really as good, you know, as people are saying like, Oh, is this horse new model that just came out? Is it really nice or is it, does it have a lot of flaws or mm-hmm. what's going on with it? You know? Yeah. Do you, I know you were at Briarfest um, this year cause we kind of ran into kind of the last, cause we were trying to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, but, um, how did you kind of transition from the doing the YouTube and the videos and the, the Instagram and stuff into kind of more of, you know, if there's a mainstream hobby, the mainstream part of the hobby? I guess what I'm wondering is, is you know, do you feel kind of a need to go out and still meet people in person? Because I definitely have some online hobbies that if I never meet some of these people, that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm in some hobbies like that as well. Um, <laughs> I, I still feel like the need to meet people. I, I do see people here and there at uh, local model horse shows, mm-hmm. and I like I don't even though I make friends with these people on Facebook, I still like really like to see them in, in person at the mm-hmm. model horse shows. And Briarfest was just a whole other deal because mm-hmm. I got to meet up with people I didn't get to see for a while. Or like uh, someone that I knew I liked seeing at model horse shows, but even on Facebook and social media, I feel like it's hard to catch up with everyone you want to. Mm-hmm. And then when you meet them in person, it's just easier in a way to catch up a bit and see them. And I don't know, I really like the social aspect of Briarfest a lot. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought it was just really fun and exciting, and it's just not quite the same as when you're talking to someone on. Instagram or Facebook or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do show? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I've been. Sh- I showed actually pretty quickly after I started collecting. Yeah, I just got hooked on it and have the same local shows every couple months that I go to and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty fun. Kind of ongoing conversations that I feel like I'm involved with all the time as far as showing goes. And this is one place that we're very interested in getting the younger people's kind of perspective on. What are your kind of feelings towards showing? I mean, is it kind of like, is it something that's kind of just fun and it's an extension of collecting? Is it something you're more, more hardcore kind of competitor or is there somewhere in between? Maybe a little in between. At one point I was feeling really competitive about it, but now I've kind of more just focusing on it just being fun because there was a point where I kind of put too much on myself on showing because I would just try to show as many models as possible. And I realized I wasn't having as much fun putting mm-hmm. so much pressure on myself and the competitive side. So now I'm kind of trying to lax that a bit and just enjoy more of going and having fun and just showing and not worrying as much about, oh, this horse needs to place or anything like mm-hmm. that. What kind of things do you think could make kind of younger younger people more I don't know more interested more invested in showing kind of especially towards kind of heading towards the national level I would like to see something maybe to get more kids into it especially in my region like right now mm-hmm. all the all of us that were kids it, like considered the kids of the region I'm in mm-hmm. we're all grown up now and there's like only two other showers I can think of that are like way younger than me that are showing now Hmm. it's it's pretty like pretty adult dominated region right now i feel Mm -hmm. like so i would like to see more kids show but i don't know what to 
what to even have for them really to say like or to convince them to be interested in the showing did you did you have like a lot of youth shows or youth divisions when you were kind of doing it uh i actually didn't but i the shows that i've been going to the past uh, year or two they do have some novice and youth youth, youth divisions but when i was younger i didn't have them as much I did show at the Briarfest Youth Show once and the mm-hmm. Briar West Youth Show, but I think those were the only times I did like one of the youth or kids divisions. Mm-hmm. Did you was your region just particularly welcoming to younger people, or like what kind of what was your experience when you started? Uh, it was it was really nice. Actually, the third show I went to that was more like the actual show that was more of a local show. It was really welcoming and uh, everyone was really nice. So it's not like it wasn't like people don't want younger kids showing or anything. I think there's just not as much of a amount of people coming right now Mm -hmm. for them to focus as much on the younger divisions. But I have seen them. The show I went to recently, they had a youth division and they gave out some like fun prizes for the championships of the novice division and stuff. You know, they gave like new inbox models or special models and things to help encourage the kids to come back and show. Mm -hmm. What kind of things do you think collectors that are closer to my age should understand, need to understand about collectors that are your age? That's a good question. Um, I think maybe that a lot of us are are eager eager to learn, but we're probably afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is with a lot of, a lot of the newer showers too, where it's, kind of intimidating to see all this and you don't really know what you're doing and you're kind of afraid to ask because these experienced showers clearly know everything that they're doing it seems (laughs) but i think it is maybe just a little intimidating at first when you first start showing Mm -hmm. it helps to kind of maybe know somebody or been to go go do out and do it for the first time once or twice yeah yeah um any thoughts on judging because that is something people my age can get really excited about (laughs) Yeah, um, I have actually done done some judging mm-hmm. a few times, and it's a little nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about I, um, like standardizing some kind of system versus kind of letting people do pin horses the way they want to pin horses? In a way, I kind of would like a standard because I feel like it's so so varied in what people might choose. I've had judges that are extremely nitpicky on flaws. It's like, oh, this horse has a shiny mark. It's immediately disqualified. Or other judges are like, oh, this model that has terrible biomechanics, let's give that a championship. (laughs) And I'm not really sure what what to, like, expect at this point because I do feel like it is so varied and just depends on who's judging. Mm Mm-hmm. And even though we do kind of have a general, like, consensus of, oh, the breed has to fit, the color has to fit, the model should look like a real horse, I feel like everyone still kind of, in their mind, puts it at their own personal criteria of what they think should win. Mm-hmm. So what other kind of stuff are you up to now as far as, far as where, you, where you're going to be taking your collecting stuff and your social media and whatnot? Uh, well, I'm hoping to focus a lot on the filmmaking and making prior movies and things like that. But I also do want to get back into customizing, hopefully again. I, uh, I'd also like to do more 
possibly briar photography. I know that's kind of a big thing. A lot of people like, I just never go out and actually take pictures of my models, <laughs> but I'd like to do some of that more as well. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been a it, it's been a very interesting um, conversation. Um, yeah, it's been great talking with you. All right. So how do you how do you feel about that interview? Did you you know? I kind of felt that um, I felt better about the hobby when I got done with it. Yeah. Because um, I really the impression I get cruising around Facebook is that there's this huge splintering divide and. That is not the impression I got no. talking to her. No, and not I'll say the all. same thing talking to the to the YouTubers is that, you know, they're they're fine without us. They'll do oh, it their yeah, own absolutely. way. They'll, they'll, hey, look, we, when you know, because we're second generation or whatever, the people before us that were showing and doing their thing, we kind of came and disrupted that and made it very different. I mean, shows that we go to now are not anything like the shows I went to in the early nineties, beyond right. that they have a class list. Um, and they have some judges. Yep. But, um, you know, what's going on in those classes is, is nothing like it was in the early 90s. So, I mean, I think we should definitely look for, you know, for them to, to kind of come up and change it. Yeah, I listened to the interview and, and I really uh, enjoyed hearing uh, her ambitions and uh, how she got to where she is mm -hmm. now. Uh, one of the things I noticed is that, and, and I noticed this with uh, some of the YouTubers, they don't have any more answers than we do. Yes. They, they are interested in what they're interested in. And if we're interested, fine, but. But they don't really need us to be interested in it because they're going to do their own thing. And, um, you yeah, know, they're going to do their own thing. And well, it's gonna and, evolve. well, what, what I also got is not, they would love for us to get involved with them and help mm -hmm. them, you know, understand how the things are running. Like they want to go to Nan, they want to learn how to judge. Um, and they would love to have us help out, but if we don't, the hobby will be fine. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. But what I'd love to do is encourage these kids and get, you know, more of a dialogue going about mentoring, mentoring kids into um, some positions of authority, you know, volunteering, yeah. judging. Well, I mean, that's you know. how you, that's how you get the net, whatever organization takes place of NAMSA. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, how you, you get it to survive you, longer. Well, you can't keep recycling the same, you know, 40, 50 year old right. people, you, you know, can't. it's just not working. Yeah. Um, and, uh, speaking to that, uh, we also talked to Kim Bjorgothorn, who is a longtime hobbyist. We've both known her forever. Mm -hmm. Um, she's in our age group. She's a second wave hobbyist, um, which we discussed. And I had an interview with her on her perspectives as an educator, hobbyist, and a youth showrunner about, uh, what she thinks. Um, uh, it, it's pretty insightful. Um, so let's listen to that. Okay. Hi, everybody. This is Heather from Mirrors in Black, and I have uh, Kim Bjorgo Thorn. Thorn, is that right? Thorn is correct. Thorn. Yes. I got the Bjorgo part right this time, right? That's the kicker right <laughs> here. But my husband appreciates you adding the thorn. So you're an educator, you're a hobbyist, and you're also uh, one of the show managers for the Briar Children's and Youth Show, correct? I am with uh, Eleanor Harvey. She and I co-manage the Children and Youth Show. Um, so as a youth show holder and you educate um, younger people, what is your perspective on the state of youth and the hobby currently? In terms of other shows and not related to Briarfest, the, the number of divisions for young people I feel is relatively low. 
the younger people I've talked to just aren't as interested in showing okay. like we are, like we were when we were that age. They're more interested in collaborations. So get get togethers where they can interact with each other, share tips, share tricks, you know, just hang out and, and talk about the things that they like about the hobby, not so much the competition side. So do you see a difference in regards to the younger kids, um, their focuses, um, and the older kids, the tweens, like kids versus tweens versus youth, like the... Um, 16, 17, eight-year-olds going into their 20s, you know, the ones in high school going to college. Um, do you see, I mean, obviously the age groups are going to make what they grasp different, so. Yeah, like if you want to, like for the podcast, if you want to go down the row of like cognitive theory and what <laughs> small people can do versus big people, um, you know, brain's all different, but um, I'm thinking it's a little bit beyond your. Well, term. more more like layman's terms of how you try and cater to each age group without getting a, a d- dissertation on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our philosophy with the show that Eleanor and I run for Briar is to look at it as as a training mechanism. So we start with the youngest entrants, which are 13 and younger, and there we're asking them to, to look at their ABCs, so anatomy, biomechanics, and color accuracy. So they have to understand what those terms mean. So, and that's a big jump sure. for a small child up to a 13-year-old. A 13-year-old, I think, gets that, sure. especially if they're horse kids, um, as they get as they get a little bit older, they're able to put more of a finesse on it. So that 13 to 16 bracket, we ask, we push them a little harder and we say, you know, you need to document everything you're doing because they should have the skills to use the internet to find out more information about what they're doing. And then in, in my own experience with the high school, later high school and college age crowd, if they're showing they are, they're by and large doing some pretty serious research, they're looking at other entries it shows, they are looking at real horse events, especially unique horse events, like uh, horse archery has become really popular lately. So they're, right. they're trying to be different. They're trying to branch out and get away from plain old English pleasure and uh, West <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? It, it really is kind of a continuum based on the age factor. And I mean, I don't, how old were you when you first went to your, went to a model horse show? <laughs> 20, 20, 25. So did you just like go and were you like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Yes. So yes. my first show was the same way, but I was 12. <laughs> so. Right. And that's what, and that's, that's what we're trying to avoid. Like, I think at 25, I was, and I had ridden real horses and I had had model horses since I was little. I just hadn't live showed yet. And I knew it was out there, right? There's a, a difference between being 25 and having ridden in some pretty, pretty big shows and going to a model horse show rather than you know, a seven or eight year old, you know, going to their show for the first time, even in a used division and, and popping a horse on the table and not really knowing or trying to get on the internet and ask questions. You know what I mean? That can be a minefield in this hobby. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, my, I don't do a lot of social media. Uh, I do um, pay, pay attention to Facebook and, and we use Facebook for the uh, children and youth show. 
uh, exclusively, actually. Right. But there's so much more happening. If you do a YouTube search or even Instagram or any other possible form of social media, there are way more young people on there than there are uh, more mature hobbyists. Yes. Yes. And, and, we're, and we're, we're covering that in different segments, which is super great. The whole, the whole social media we have, um, we, we have, uh, some YouTubers that are fairly influential in that sphere, um, to talk about, you know, f- basically first person, what their experience is. So what do you, what do you think adults can do to be more welcoming now that we're on this vein? I mean, and propel outreach. I mean, maybe they don't want to show like we have, <laughs> Uh, maybe they don't want the same things that we do, but we can still, you know, welcome them in to, you know, say, hey, you know, what do you, what do you think as adults we need to do and know? So one of the things I found that's fairly popular with the young people that are attending Quarter Horse Congress, for example, is that we explain every single class. And so we have a dedicated youth and novice judge. We rarely ever have a, a novice that's older than 25 or so. Uh, but we do have a lot of young people, say high school-ish, middle school, high school. And we spend a lot of time like coaching. And I try to pair them up with a more professional hobbyist or a more hardcore hobbyist. In the past, um, uh, to be honest, Tiffany Purdy has been fantastic right. at working with yeah. young people. And I think that as as older show holders, if it's in your purview to add a a novice division to your show and then engage with the more experienced showers who will take the time to mentor the younger showers, I think that's really a great way to to attract and retain them. We had um, at my show, Rocky Mountain Spring Fling, we had a a youth uh, division and Stephanie Blaylock was our our mentor and judge and she was fantastic and she works with the girl scouts you know at a riding camp so she knew exactly what to do with the kids and it was a super success the the shame of it was we only had three kids so that's where the for me the disconnect is how do we get them there i can get you a mentor that will know how to work with these kids you know for the most part but i don't know you know i tried putting flyers up in toy stores and all that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I feel like there, there's got to be something more we can do. Well, there's, you're also competing, especially during the school year, you're competing with sports yeah. and other events. And a lot of times there's just no space for the, for the hobby yeah. on weekends. Kids yeah. are way more budgeted, I think. Now oh, yeah, absolutely. Than, uh, than they used to be. We've had declining numbers of youth entrants at Quarter Horse Congress. We usually have four or five, and you know they're there for three or four hours. We spend a lot of one-on-one time with them, whoever that judge is, and then other people in the room who, are, who have enough spare time to help those kids. But bringing them in, I mean, all we can do is get the information out there. Right. If it's YouTube is what we need to do then we clearly need to be doing better at YouTube. Web pages need to be yep. more dynamic, not just um, plain old Jane, boring. Uh, 1992 HTML. <laughs> yeah, like a... Well, I mean, I think you're right. I think I think really social media is where it's at. I think we need to be on Instagram. We need to be on YouTube. Somebody our age needs to figure out Snapchat. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been able to yet. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I gave up. My students. I've got Instagram, though. I figured out Instagram. The other thing, though, is I think that's, that younger people, they would really much rather get together and socialize. Yep. And uh, I think that that's something that we're, we might be overlooking is just having these social functions. And we like to say that Briar is in the business of reunions because really for those of us that have been in the hobby for a number of years, it, Briarfest for me is mostly seeing all my friends sure. and hanging out with people, you know, that's, and that's what a lot of younger people are interested in is that hangout time. Well, that's I mean, kind of, and that's competition what, yeah. the the end all. And that's what shows have become for me. I'm like, I take my halter horses and I throw them on the table, but really I'm there to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I rarely take more than 20 horses to a show anymore. Um, and I really just want to talk to people and right. see what people are doing. So uh, let's go down the road of mentors. Um, if, if a kid does hear us or decide, you know, see something somewhere else, how do you suggest... You know, besides the youth show, if they can't make it to Briarfest, what do you think they do? Like, because I don't, I don't think we have anything hard and fast for kids with, obviously, NAMSA, because that's not their brief, right? So, yeah. how, you know, what, what do kids, how do kids go about, you know, getting into a local scene and getting a mentor? You know, I think it's, it would be a, your best bet would be a grassroots approach, you know, go to where the horse kids are, go to barns and uh, tack shops, uh, even like a, a big box feed store type of thing that, that everyone might have in their town and just get permission to put up some flyers and have a, you know, have a Saturday informal something just to, to a meet and greet, you know, or, or maybe do some tabling at the big box store or, or at the tack shop, bring a few of your models with tack, maybe something that they might not have seen before, like an artist resin, because a lot of kids just see the briars. So, you know, bring something a little bit different and right. just see how that goes. Is that what you were thinking of? Or yeah, you know? I mean, if a kid gets on Facebook, though, or Instagram and sees Mirrors in Black or an artist page and goes, oh, or, or, you know, Jen Buxton's blog with all the tack on it, how do they segue from that to go find a way into their community and, you know, have someone kind of usher them through. I just, I wish there was a better way for them to find a way in safely. You know, and maybe that's what we do. Maybe Mayors in Black has, stands up a mentoring program and says, hey, adults, if you want to mentor in your region, you know, contact us and we'll put your name up and then kids can look for it in their region. You know, maybe that's what and we that, do. Yeah, that might be a really good alternative. Um, yeah, I think if Mayors in Black could could facilitate that kind of networking opportunity and say, you know, here's a list of people and you divide the country up into roughly like maybe 11 regions. <laughs> um, and then say, you know, here's here's uh, a group of people. That sounds familiar. Who who might who might uh, be good to reach out to and have have uh, already said that they are willing to work with younger people. And in any way that that is best for them. I mean, yeah. I think there's so much more that the hobby has now right. than just showing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, on that on that note, um, let's talk about art because I think that's a lot more accessible for kids. We have the kids doing 
um, digital art they're doing their YouTube videos. And if you go out there and look at them, um, they're so advanced. Oh, they're amazing. Like they're amazing. Yeah. Like these kids could be filmmakers. Yeah. And I think a lot of them want to be what, but let's talk about the actual, um, painting and CMing. What role do you, do you see a lot of interest in that? Do kids want to make their own tactile art? I, I think so. Yes. I mean that it, it is a very popular class at, at the Briar show. And it's all levels of ability from kids that have just glommed some tempera paint onto a horse-shaped briar to highly executed paint jobs that are very precise and very detailed. And I think that DIY thing appeals to the creative side of everybody. Absolutely. And when you've got an event like Namo Pamo that's really taken off internationally, yeah. you can definitely leverage that into building an art community around model horses for young people as a, as a good, fun, creative outlet. Yeah, absolutely. At, at relatively low cost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the great thing about Namo Pamo. There's no rules, basically. You got to paint it. You got to paint it yourself. In a month. You know, in a month. <laughs> yeah. And I think, to be honest, Namo Pamo is one of the best things that's happened to the model horse hobby in over a decade. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, what we're talking about is um, Jennifer Buxton uh, two years ago started a uh, kind of an online collaborative de-emphasis on competition because it's not really a competition, but more like a challenge called uh, National uh, Model Horse Painting Month, right? Or something like that. Yes. Based on the writing thing. All National, right. Yeah. National Writing Month. So. Oh, but Nash, what is it? National Novel Writing Month or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Nash, yeah na NaNoWriMo. <laughs> National Novel Writing Month. But so you're supposed to finish a complete work in... 30 days. But the abbreviation, yeah. So the abbreviation Namo Pamo um, applies to model horses and it's, it's been a smash success. I think it's overwhelming to Jen how popular it is now. So, which is great. I mean, you know, that type of participation, I think tells you that there's a hunger for the home, the homemade, the handmade, the things people put together themselves. But not so much that as, as just the community and the support. So if I go on there and say, you know, hey, I, I have this color bay I'm trying to work on and I just can't get the black to bend it, blend into the points without turning uh, an unfortunate shade of green, you know, there's somebody out there who's going to say, hey, we'll do it this way and do it in a positive and helpful way. And I think that that is the spirit of Nano Everybody is sharing tips and tricks and right. stuff like that. And I think that's again, I, I was I was blown away by how much more popular Nemo Pamo was in twenty seventeen than it was in twenty sixteen. And I was floored at how big it was in twenty sixteen or so seventeen and eighteen. Seventeen and eight, sorry. Oh, word. <laughs> years yeah. it all starts running yeah. together all right yes. well i really appreciate um you giving us some of your time kim i know you're really busy dr dr bjorgo thorn yes uh, so school starts tomorrow oh does it wow yes. Woo. so yeah, do you have any closing thoughts on the youth in the hobby subject 
Well, we've been saying since the 90s uh, that if we don't attract and retain youth into the hobby, that the hobby will fold. So those of us who are like hobby 2.0, which I consider you and I and Jackie. Yeah. I call us second waivers, but yeah, it's the same concept. Yeah. Not the, the Marnies and the Sue Rose right. and all that, but the second wave. If if we don't share that information and get younger people in, we lose the hobby. Now, there's always going to be a group of people that are Briar collectors and that Briar caters to, but we've got to do something to, to reach out to them. What exactly that is, I think they have to tell us. Yep. I don't know if, if you know, as a older person looking back and saying, oh, what would you have done if you could have done it different? You know, I'm not sure if we're in that right position. Right. And in that vein, you might reach out to like Shane Langebauer. She's starting, she starts back tomorrow too. She's at Cornell. So she's what, 20 something? Yep. Or um, Christian Beverly. She's just graduated college. Yeah, we. I actually you know. have a ton of interviews with like, uh, I've talked to Jessica Hardy and some other kids that are, that have, you know, are transitioning into college that have really given me some good stuff. So actually, I've got a couple of, of kids that are, well, young people now that are that show at Quarter Horse Congress that were youth entrants, because I've worked with the youth show for 15 years. Dang. I was on the staff before. You old, uh, Kim. <laughs> All right. So we really appreciate your input on this and taking time to talk to us. And uh, we will see you soon. Okay, and that was my interview with uh, Kim Biorgo Thorne. Uh, it was really super illuminating for uh, the kids at the show and, and uh, how they decided to set the show up to cater more to education mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to competitiveness, which is what she feels, uh, as you heard, is really uh, more the bag of the younger uh, hobbyists, that they're more inter- interested in collaboration as opposed to competition. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I heard it from the YouTubers too. Yeah. That, uh, they're, they love doing YouTube because they love uh, making friends and communicating with other people that love the hobby and collaborating together to build mm-hmm. these, to build these films. So, you know, it's well, a- I mean, this is the claim that the older hobbyists make too. Why do you like to go to shows? Why do you model horse? Cause you have a whole tribe that does that, you know, um, this, is how, this is how we met. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, you know. it is. And, but the also, you know, well, we met because we wanted, you know, public service too. Like we met because we were both on the board. Right. You and know, we but both, we were putting, yeah. we felt we did what, you know, we were putting, doing what we perceived as putting in our dues to kind of help sure. this hobby that we were yep. so passionate about. Um, the other interesting uh, thing is, uh, it's very, I find it's very individual. One of the YouTubers uh, was not interested in showing at all. She was just like, I don't, I don't, I love my model horses and I love to collect them, but uh, I'm not interested in showing. I'm interested in using them as props in my films. And the other two were like, yeah, showing competition. All right. So, well, I mean, the bulk of the so, hobby doesn't just, show. Yeah. So really? just like, yeah, absolutely. Just mm-hmm. like adults, what motivates them to show or not show, whether they're competitive or social about it, it's very individual. Um, 
So let's, uh, the YouTube uh, roundtable is super fascinating, super good. Um, I had a great time talking to these girls. They are, are, are smart young women with good heads on their shoulders and they know uh, what they want from the hobby. Um, it really uh, gave me some faith on where the future of the hobby is going because they they were adamant about, you know, and they're they're going into college. Like they're in their last couple of years of high school. One of them's going next year. Mm-hmm. Um, that they want to keep um, the hobby as part of their lives uh, forever. Like one was talking about, she was like, I want to be one of those 80-year-old ladies at a show. You know? Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it was Goals. really great. So, um <laughs> So I really appreciate Shay for setting this up. She came to our room at Briarfest, found us, and offered up this subject matter. And I think uh, I think it was an absolute hit. It's about thirty minutes long, but it's it's fantastic. And I encourage everybody to listen through. Hi, everybody. This is Heather from Mares Black, and I'm here with uh, three esteemed YouTubers in the model horse world, and going to introduce. Shay, Megan, and Shannon. And why don't you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves? Let's go, Shay. You're my point of contact. (laughs) Hi, my name is Shay, and I run Owlbrook Studios, which I've been doing for like three years now. Um, It ranges from films to vlogs to tags. um, And yeah. Megan. Hi, so I'm Megan, and I run the channel Snoopy is My Horse, and I believe I've been doing that since I was 11 or 12, maybe 13, somewhere wow. in there. Uh, so I've been making model horse films for a really long time. That's primarily what I focus on, just because that's all I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon? Okay, uh, my name is Shannon, and I have the Trot YouTube channel. Um, I mainly do, like, tags and collection tours and a lot of videos relating to model horse showing um but yeah that's basically it so uh just as a side note for all the adults out there what's a tag um a tag video is like a video it's kind of could be like a challenge i don't know how to explain it but basically a lot of youtubers do the same tag and you like encourage your followers to do it. So there's like one tag called the Rainbow Tag, which was created right. by um, Foxlore123. And it's basically you're just picking models that represent each color of the rainbow and just filming it. And you just, a lot of people do yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. Let's, let's get into it. Can, can one of you tell me, a, give me an overview of kind of the YouTube community, the, the, the history, kind of the age range? I know you guys talked a little about the content that you feature. Yeah, I probably know the most about the history, specifically for the model horse film community, since I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. And I know the biggest shifts have been the stories that are being told and the way those stories are produced. I know back when I I first started watching model horse movies, Everything was pretty much unscripted and improv about horses in barns or in the wild. And then you had Conquering Tide by Cinnamon Mew Mew come in, and people started scripting a little bit more. You had a lot of horses with magical powers, and you were starting to look a little bit at cinematic aesthetics. But really, the biggest shift was when Fox Glory 123 created Vengeance Reign, and you had other series like Downcome coming out where a lot of the stories became more medieval-centered, 
And the production quality was suddenly something people were starting to look at. So they were looking at shots and how they were set up and editing, that kind of thing. Yeah, I've, I've looked, I've went, gone through quite a few channels and it's been really interesting to me to see the, the morphology of the quality of the films. It's really crazy mm-hmm. now that like people are using After Effects and, you know, titles, yeah. you know, titling that's really advanced. So it's, it's, it's super cool. Like even artistic, like point of view shots and medium shots mm-hmm. and wide shots. So that's really great. Um, who mostly, how old are the kids that do these or the young adults? So I started making films when I was 10. And I know there are people who make films that are on the younger side from, you know, 10 to 13. But I'm 19 now and I'm still making films. So you do have a very wide range of creators. I think Stormy Strike is the oldest person I can think of that does films. Yeah, we talked to her. She just got out of film school. Uh, Yeah. So she said she's diving back in. So we're excited about that now that she says she has some time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you guys find um, YouTube and model horses or model horses and YouTube? What led one led to the other, I take it? Yes. Um, I can start, I guess. Uh, I'm in 4-H and we had a kind of a mock model horse show. Like there's just like 20 horses on a table and my friend judged them. And from there, uh, me and my friends would have mini briar fests in her basement and when I was younger, I wasn't on YouTube a lot. I didn't watch all YouTube things since it didn't really interest me. But once I started going into Briars more, I looked it up and I started watching short films and then slowly got addicted. So, yeah. So I first got into horses before I got into Briars. And a lot of that was because of the Spirit, Stallion, and Cimarron movie that I... I was really young when that one came out, but I got <laughs> obsessed. I got obsessed with horses. I started horse riding and at a model horse show, I entered a raffle uh, for a basket that had two little vintage briars in it. And uh, from there, I started collecting briars, schlikes, basically anything horse related. And I would always reenact movies or create my own stories with them. So when I discovered YouTube, and that people were making films with their models. That was something I decided I wanted to try doing. And it was, you know, it was the beginning of, you know, finding my passion. How about you, Shannon? Well, I've been around horses all my life. My aunt definitely got me into them. But I didn't get into the hobby until I was actually 13, which is a lot later than a lot of other people. But I actually found out about the whole hobby um, from Instagram. I found some giveaway that somebody was doing. And I was just like, oh, that's, this is cool. It was like for a briar blanket. And I had some briars I always have since, like, I'm a horse girl or whatever. Um, <laughs> so they've always been around. I knew what they were, and I always liked them. And I would, like, always ask for them for Christmas or whatever. Um, but I didn't know that it was such a big hobby. But then I found the whole Instagram community and learned a lot. And I went to Briarfest, like, that year after as, like, a my birthday so I just got really into the hobby right away and yeah now I think it took me I think two years into it I started my YouTube channel and then I've been doing it ever since so what's what what's uh the ups and downs of being a YouTube personality like what's your favorite experience what's you know not so great about being a YouTuber um something like that oh well me and um Megan we both uh, were able to talk to uh, some people from Briar at Briarfest this year, which was really awesome because, like, 
they basically like told us that like they do watch our stuff and like yeah they think that we are like a important part of the community which meant a lot there's nothing really like hard about it I would say like sometimes it is hard to upload especially since like I'm in high school and I'm going on to college next year and like I still don't know how I'm going to be able to keep up with my channel but like I'm going to try my best but there's really no other negative aspects like sometimes there's hate comments but like it's kind of <laughs> funny most of the time because they're like little kids that are just jealous and I'm just like all right sweetie whatever makes Trolls. you happy yeah anybody else I know the coolest thing for me was at this Briarfest, not only did I get to talk to people from Briar, but I also got to talk to someone who was writing an article for the New York Times. And to see the hobby, uh, you know, mentioned by such a large media outlet was crazy. Um, I, I think that was probably my favorite experience, but my favorite part of being a YouTuber is just being able to interact with people and get the the content that means so much to me that I put so much time into I get to share that with other people and I get to learn and grow with other people the hardest thing is definitely the time that it all requires and sometimes I know people can get frustrated I sometimes get frustrated if I put a lot of time into a video and it maybe doesn't do as well as I want that's frustrating but aside from that it, I really love YouTube and I'm, I'm so thankful that I have it Shay my favorite experience was that uh, I met a lot of friends through YouTube and I was able to go down and meet one of them and we uh, spent a day together and um, I was able to introduce them to all my friends up here and like we're still in contact. We did a San Secret Santa last year and um, they've been a big part of my life and I'm thankful for YouTube for giving me that. Um, the cons of being a YouTube personally is the time that you spend editing, filming, and it going to nothing at some points of time. Like, you might have a really good day where people watch um, all your content or, like, watch this one video because it's easier to find. Like, people love collection tours. Um, people love haul videos. But if you're not doing haul videos, collection tours, and they're not looking up what you're doing. Like, if you're doing something completely original, and if you don't have Briar or Tag in your title, no one's going to find it unless they really look. Yeah. And I think that's kind of hard if you're trying to do something original, but no one's looking at your original content. Uh, hate comments, yes, are very annoying, but <laughs> once you move on from all the hate and you see all the love that you're getting for making your content, and if you look past all the the down days and you look at all the up days, it balances it out in the end. Awesome. Who who inspires you guys? Like, who's out there that you... I know that, you know, Stormy Strike's a big force. I, uh, I was running around on Honey Heart C channel the other day. I didn't realize she had 800,000 subscribers. Like, good lord. Yeah. Um... Uh, <laughs> Well, like, she she has all the younger generation that follow right. her, so she gets a lot more subscribers. Like somebody like me or like Megan, or Shay, like just because our audience like age range is kind of like smaller, and like the people that actually want to watch sure. our content is smaller. Like we're never gonna be, or not say never, but the probability of us being as successful as her 
with our model horse YouTube channel is very slim because basically any young girl that likes horses likes her channel and will subscribe. Right. She mm -hmm. she definitely I mean, watching her stuff, she definitely kind of skews to Nick Jr. So oh, like yeah. who who else do you think's out there? You know, you guys have some pretty significant followings, I feel like. So who who do you look up to? Fox Glory, I think one, two, three. I think everyone can vouch for her. Yeah, I've always yeah. loved her. I, yeah, I watched her stuff. She's she, she's funny. She, she it seems like she's going more mainstream with her channel now. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I, I see that happening with a lot. You know, you see channels that have gone dead from this initial wave of YouTubers. Do you fear that that's kind of what's going to happen? Or do you think there's a whole new wave coming? Oh, I honestly don't know. I... I, I'm really worried that there won't be a new wave, but I'm hoping I, like, I and other people who are still creating in the community can kind of help foster more people to get into the hobby and want to make YouTube videos. Yeah, I feel like when I started, I started when it was still kind of dead, or at least, like, the film community was pretty dead still. And yeah, like, <laughs> but like, I, I knew from the start that I didn't want to do like films and stuff. I'm just like, not creative like that. Like, I definitely like good for everybody that could do it. But that is just so much work. But I really like, I feel like my channel is more like mainstream YouTubers. And that's what I get like a lot of inspiration from, like, along with like model horse stuff. But like, I, I'll take a lot of like mainstream stuff and just turn it model horses so I like enjoy it more or whatever. But I feel like more people are trying to do YouTube, but then they don't get as many views and like as successful as they want to that quickly and then they just give up. Yeah. Well, the YouTube algorithms have changed significantly. So finding and growing a channel yeah. is very difficult now. We had a, I don't know, campaign, I guess you would say, like, a year or two years ago where um, we did this thing where everyone came together and was really good about subscribing to smaller YouTubers and watching small YouTubers. I know Stormy Strike did a um, film showcase, and that was really good. But um, Did she? I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's really interesting. Props to uh, her. Oh, my gosh. So... Like, everyone pitched in it, and it was great for a while of time. But once that stopped, um, people stopped subscribing to smaller YouTubers, or they weren't able to look for them because they weren't being featured. And I think I missed that um, togetherness that we had. Like, when we came together, we were so strong, and we were able to feel good about our content and feel good about making a channel for the future but now that 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 vibe is gone it's harder to do something when no one else is there like when everyone was together it's easier because you have someone else who's got your back but when you're alone it's harder to create sure sure i mean i part, part of the part of my brief part of my hope with you know doing the youth show and um, talking to everybody is to try and, you know, get some outreach going and get some wider awareness going for um, the, the the younger part of the hobby, the YouTube videos, the the social media aspect that I feel like um, uh, not necessarily myself, but my generation is a little 
uh, I want to say afraid of. Definitely, the, we call ourselves first, second wave hobbyists. There's a wave before us that kind of invented the hobby, um, and they're really not savvy. So, I and and I think <laughs> they want to be involved. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But they don't know how. And so, you know, I, I think part of getting people in the hobby because our fear is you guys aren't going to stay in the hobby. You know, like you're mm-hmm. going to go to college and be like, you know, those mean old baby boomers, we're not coming back to the hobby. We just, you know, so that kind of thing. Um, where, where do you see the, the YouTube uh, movement going? I don't really know. I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like there are definitely channels that are growing still. Like uh, there's a YouTuber, um, infinity Briar. She just started pretty recently, but she's very, very popular on Instagram. So that definitely helped her channel grow so quickly. Right. But like, I don't know. Like, there's some people that are trying, but I I think there's a few YouTubers that are still, like, somewhat active, but there's definitely a lot that just post maybe once a month, if that. So it just, I don't know. It kind of depends on how people are feeling. It's just also a lot of people are, like, growing up and don't right. want mm-hmm. to anymore. Right. Like, it's kind of hard to do. Like, I have such a hard time, like, finding time to film videos right now. But, like, I still want to do it because I know, like, people want model horse videos which is like why from why i started it in the beginning really is because there was no content for me to watch so i'm just like oh i'll just create some you know on that note if you wanted to encourage you know the the hundreds of thousands of kids that are coming up and watching honey heart sea and finding stormy strike and you guys what do they need to get started i mean we all know you really just need a phone right and an internet connection but anymore you just need a phone back when i started phones no you could not have edited or filmed with a phone um so i had to get a camera and i had to get editing software but now you can literally do everything on a phone i'm not saying it's efficient but <laughs> yeah i would find that a pain but but if we're talking next level like you got the phone uh, but maybe you want to be a little slicker you want to do the dramas that look like vengeance rain or look like you know some of the stuff you're doing what where does it go from there? You can still film with a phone. The, uh, that is something that I think a, a lot of people don't think about is if you look at some of the newer phones that have really nice cameras now, you can film with them. A lot of it, a lot of what makes, say, Vengeance Rain what it is, I think is more so the editing than it is the filming. If you have a tripod that you put your phone on, and as long as you're filming horizontal and not vertical, you can drag those clips into an editor and use a lot of the techniques that, you know, I I think Poe, not necessarily invented, but really utilized, such as like push-ins, you know, zoom-outs, panning, that kind of thing. Uh, You know, you can do that in a simple editor. So I, I, I would just recommend invest more time and maybe more money into an editing system because I think even if film isn't where you go with your career that is something that's always going to be very beneficial no matter what career path you go to. Shannon or Shay anything else? Yeah so I also think with editing no one likes a uh, choppy video that is Mm -hmm. um, hard to understand and I think if you invest more in the editor more than the camera Uh, You can get cleaner content, and even with some editors, you can kind of fix up your um, video and make it more viewable. Mm -hmm. Shanna? Yeah, no, that's... I mean, I started out on my phone, and 
I did that for probably like a year. And I mean, I was making films, so it's a lot easier just to do it on my phone because I really just needed to do jump cuts. So I guess I can't really say how easy it would be to make a film, but uh, I'm sure it's definitely possible. Like there's a lot of good editing systems, even on your phone that you could use pretty easily. It's possible, but it's a pain yeah, in the butt. Yeah, I would yeah. I would not wish it on anyone, honestly. <laughs> so so just for cl- for uh, clarity, I was a film major when I graduated college, and Ooh, I used nice. to use the whole wheel and shuttle editors, where you know it was all analog. So even doing oh. it on a phone would be better than going through hours of videotape that you can't you know you have to shuttle back and forth on. So. Oh wow! Set in points and out points. Yeah, it was crazy. What? So this is. I think this is an important thing that our uh, our listeners are going to want to hear. Um, what are your thoughts on the hobby in general, and um, as we call it, the adult hobby? Like, how do you feel about showing? How do you feel about North American nationals competition and uh, that kind of thing? Judging. Um, well, I'm. A live shower. I don't do it. I try to do it as often as I can. Um, I'm in region 10. And um, so I do go to those shows. And I really I love showing I think it's so much fun, especially because you get to see people from the hobby like in real life. And like, I've made some really close friends by going to shows like not even over Instagram, like not knowing them before. And it's just like, it's nice to have like friendly competition. And I learned so much about real horses because of model horse showing, just like researching breeds and like having to do like documentation and all that. So I really love it. And I think there are a lot of people, like especially younger kids that want to get into it more just because it's like fun to go like show because it's like a real horse show, but less expensive um, in a way. But I don't know. I really like it. I've never been to Nan. I would like to go one day, possibly, but it is a little expensive to show there. Yeah. So I don't know if I will anytime soon. But that's definitely like a goal of mine because I really do like model horse showing, and that's like the main thing that I really do in the hobby. Um, I'm also in Region Ten, and uh, one of the things I like about Region Ten is we have uh, novice shows which are um, a lot easier to get into than open shows, and especially in Region 10 where we have intense... Um, yeah, Region 10, intense Region 10 is hellacious. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of good friends up there, and I have, I've judged at uh, Trixie before, so I, I, I hear you. Yeah, so uh, I definitely love Nova's portion, um, but I, as I said, I do 4-H, and uh, uh-huh. I do um, horse judging for competitions, and uh, I've incorporated uh, incorporated um, all the horses into horse judging. I've done a whole um, uh, lecture with them. I we had a class, and I taught uh, the younger kids or older kids that are getting into horse judging how to judge model horses and how to use the stuff that you learned there into your actual competitions. And I would really want to get into judging model horse shows, but at this point in time and in Region X, it's harder to get into judging. I think they really are trying to expand to the judges. They're having um, judging clinics. They're doing all this stuff to get people more interested, but I think you have to wait a few years at least in Region 10. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm 17, but I definitely like look younger sometimes. So yeah. I feel like 
they wouldn't take me as seriously if I do judge, even though I would really love to judge one day and I would love to host a show. Like, that's a big goal of mine. And there are some, like, I think the person who um, runs Long Island Model Horse Expo, um, which I go to basically every year because it's the closest show to me. Is that, and, is that Laura? Yeah. Laura Rock? Yeah, yeah. She's great. And she, like, offered to, like, help people if they wanted to get into, like, judging, like, they could shadow her and stuff, which is, like, I might have to, like, take up on one day. Cause I, really, <laughs> I really do want to get into showing. I mean, judging. Megan? Um... While some people don't understand anything about the filming community, I understand nothing about the <laughs> showing community. I look at a horse and I think, how easy is it going to be to film with you versus, okay, are you live show quality? So <laughs> I, I know absolutely nothing about it. It's way over my head. <laughs> and you're, and that's, that's choice, right? You're just not interested. That's not the part of the hobby that, that does it for you. No, I I would much rather uh, look at an editing system or a camera and look at all the you know differences between those two and see what I can do with those than I would okay what what is this horse's breed what's the confirmation I, <laughs> none of that none of that makes any sense to me. So uh, one more question then for Shannon and Shay, um, do you feel like uh, showing is something you'll do throughout your life? Um, do you think that that's something? Actually, for all of you, do you think that the hobby is something you're going to stay in? Oh, yeah, definitely. I want, like, I see, like, people at shows that are, like, 80 years old and, like, still, like, kicking <laughs> butt in the ring. I'm just like, that is going to be me. Like, I cannot <laughs> wait to retire and just, like, focus on the hobby. Like, that's, Girl, like, I hear you. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I've made so many friends with this hobby. And I just, like, love all my models, like, so much. And, like, I can't just get rid of all of them. So, like, I don't think I'll ever have a huge collection, but, like, I like my collection. It's, like, around 200 right now. I'm, like, that's the, like, size I like, and I really do want to keep it in my life forever. Yeah, um, I definitely want to stay in collecting. I'm going to a high school next year that is run around horses, and horses will be my everyday life. And I think model horses is a great escape from school, people, <laughs> everything, and I, I want to be those 80-year-old show showers. I want to be able to afford expensive models. I want to be able to travel <laughs> across the country with my van. Get a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Go be an engineer. <laughs> I, I hear you. It's an addiction. It really is. I, I got my first when I was four. And, you know, forget about it. Here I am almost 50. You know? Cheaper than heroin, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Spend your money on plastic horses, not drugs. What What about What about you, Megan? Like, uh, if you're not into showing, what you, I know this is, sounds like it's very much a vehicle to mainstream filmmaking, but how does the hobby fit in with your future? Uh, so I actually am a film major, and I'm minoring in creative writing. So I really... <laughs> If I'm ever successful, I really want to be able to stay in the hobby and uh, I want to be able to stay in the hobby and possibly be able to help out, you know, uh, the like filmmakers that are just getting into it. I think that that's something I really dream about doing is going on to actually work in film and then being able to still stay true to the models and, you know, maybe do something with younger creators and offer them absolutely you know, something <laughs> yeah i think that's great i think um i think 
uh, a lot of the outreach I'm hearing from everybody is there's mentoring. We need mentoring. We need mm-hmm. and, and outreach for the younger uh, generation. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely encouraging that people want that help. You know. Yeah, so. I want to I want to be able to help people express themselves creatively, and if they choose to do that through a model horse, then that's you know that's great. And I I really want to be able to help foster that when I'm older. I think we need, um, you know how there's the Lego movie? We need, like, mm-hmm. the Briar movie. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I've, I've always said I could write a murder mystery novel uh, based on Briarfest. And, and Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if any guy, if you, you want to run with that, that would be great. Uh, yeah. Do it. Do it. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this thing up. What's what's YouTubing taught you guys? What's it's brought to your life? <laughs> I don't know. I've made like I feel like I made a lot of friends through it, and I really just enjoy doing it. And it's like a way to like express myself in a way, and then just like it gives me something to do, and I I really enjoy <laughs> it. So, <laughs> I YouTube has brought just so much like friends. Um, I've learned so much how to use equipment, how to do film, and there's just so much like I've learned entirely about the hobby through YouTube like you can use the Briar tutorials but YouTube is like an easier platform to learn and I think it's just given so much opportunity to people who are getting into the hobby and people who are still in the hobby so I think that's such a great thing. I know for myself personally I have really learned a lot about myself and I've kind of come to terms with who I am as a person and I, I've come to love myself more than I did growing up because middle school and high school are horrible places. That I just <laughs> it didn't it didn't go nice well. Nice to know and, some things never change. <laughs> but you know, uh, I think two well, years ago, it's especially ago, I, tough when you're a horse girl, man. Oh yeah, oh, like two God, years yeah. two years ago, I left the hobby because I just people judged it so harshly and I came back because uh last year was my freshman year in college and I saw that almost everyone who was in my major made films with Littlest Pet Shops, Barbies, Legos, you know, whatever they could and suddenly you know my models weren't weird anymore and I, I really wanted to finish what I had started so I came back and now I I am so happy with who I am as a person and I'm so proud of the stuff that I did over the years because that's what made me, me. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I tell people. I just get through high school. Just get through high school. High school is, it's it's just the fishbowl. It's so, it's such a little part of your life. You know, if it's, if it's not good, just get through it, you know, Mm -hmm. because college is a whole new thing. College is great. Yeah, next year <laughs> let's go. But I've only told a few people about the hobby. I think the one person, like, I I have one of my best friends. She knows about it, and, like, she's, like, so into it. Like, she loves being in my videos. She loves the attention. She's like, oh, I'm famous now and all this because everyone loves her. I was like, all right. But I told, like, one other friend, and all he said was, like, okay, whatever makes you happy. Like, I don't care. So I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, I planned to tell my boyfriend eventually. We've only been dating for two weeks, so I don't want to, like, say it right away. Yeah, don't let don't let yeah. that don't let that horse out of the barn yet. But like, you know? yeah, I'm just like, all right, if I see this like lasting for more than a year or more than six months, I'll be just like, all right, I guess I'll tell him. But like, if he does end up coming in my room, like, there's no hiding it. Like, 
Yeah. It's a whole wall on my, like, room is just plastic horses. Like, he knows I love horses. Like, he knows about my horse and everything. Like, he doesn't know this part of it yet. Yeah. yeah. My uh, first date with my current boyfriend, who we've almost been dating for a year, uh, the first thing I did was show him a plastic horse. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, if you, if you can't handle this, I don't, don't want to. I definitely, I don't think he'll have a problem with it. He'll probably just be like oh okay cool and then just like move on and we won't talk about yeah. it again. well you know what if he has matchbook or he plays fantasy football he's got no high ground you know what yeah. i mean yeah i'm just i really i can't see him caring in any way like he's a pretty right. like, carefree person well like, the re- the real thing is is you know that's a litmus test for if they care about what oh yeah 100 percent. that's mm-hmm. why i'm just like all right if you can't accept this then i do not want you in my life like <laughs> Especially like long term. I know, I know. One of you have a a hard stop coming up. So, uh, final question: What's your advice to uh, future YouTubers, and what's your advice to adults to make it a the hobby in general to make it a better place for youth? Uh, let's start with Megan. Um, I always stand by: make sure to imagine, create, and inspire. As long as you are coming up with your own ideas and you are trying to express yourself, you're not only going to inspire yourself, but you're going to inspire other people. And I I think that's something we really need to think about, especially now with the community dwindling a little bit, is we we need to start telling stories for ourselves um, that we connect with. Because I, I feel like a lot of the reason it's dying is because... A, people don't want to put in the time uh, that's required, but they also are telling stories they think other people enjoy or will get them views or something, and they're not necessarily connecting with what they are. At least that that's what I think is happening. So I think we just need to focus on that. And what's your advice to adults? Be supportive. I was very, very fortunate to have parents that they knew nothing about the hobby, but they were supportive about it. And, uh, you know, I've met adults in and out of the hobby who are very unsupportive of the films I do. They think it's weird. They would laugh in my face. So just be supportive because you never know what we learn and what we're going to end up doing with the stuff we learn later on. What about you, Shannon? Yeah, I'm just basically just be original. And also, yeah, do stuff what makes you happy, even if you're not going to get the most views from it. If you're actually enjoying what you're doing, you're actually going to stick with it. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like you can't don't try to make other people like happy with your content, especially if you're not happy with it. They're going to tell and they're going to be just like, oh, you know, if, especially if you're copying somebody else trying to be like them because you see that they have a ton of subscribers and a ton of views like people catch on. and It actually makes people not like you as much because of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Shay, bring us home. Um, so I think just be yourself and do what you want to do, as they said before. Um, even in Hollywood now, there, there's a lack of creativity and people who are themselves and come up with their own ideas are way more successful than the mainstream creators. Like, if you're doing something that someone else has already done, that's not being you, that's being someone else. I think if if you make your own content, then you'll have people who will follow you, and that will help you for the rest of your life. Like, your whole career can be built from being original. All right. Um, I, this has been super fascinating for me. Um, 
uh, I know if I had, if YouTube had been around when I was a kid, I would have been all about this, like <laughs> all about it. We used to have dramas without cell phones when I was a kid. Like my, all my horses lived in a village and they all had personalities. But so, so yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us. I hope the doors are open to come back and talk to you at other times because this is a really big crusade for me. Um, mm -hmm. YouTube, youth in the hobby, that kind of thing. Um, so thank you so much for, you know, spending time with me and, and illuminating the YouTube world. Well, thank you for having us. Okay, we're back. And um, so we just heard the YouTube model horse roundtable. Um, that was really interesting stuff. Was, it stuff was stuff to think about. Yep. Yep. And I, um, I have, uh, encouraged, uh, the girls to stay in touch and have asked them to, you know, if the door is open for me to bring them back on the show, um, or would, use them as my sounding board. So, you know, I think uh, all of those are great options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as long as, you know, they're not buried under, uh, schoolwork, I'm sure mm -hmm. they're, they're happy to help out. Uh, Jessica Hardy is an 18 year old shower who has been in the hobby since she was nine years old. From my experience, the best way to attract and keep youth and new showers in the show ring is hospitality. When I attended my first show, I was overwhelmed by the number of people who offered me advice, pony pouches, and even models. Because I was new. Seeing how kind everyone was, I was ecstatic to plan for my next show. However, some shows I have attended have left me burnt out and isolated. Unlike the kindness I felt at my first show, no one would speak a word to me. It was definitely devastating and left me not feeling wanted. For adult hobbyists and show holders, I think a good idea is a buddy system for experienced hobbyists and youth and novice showers. Perhaps throughout the show day, older hobbyists could help teach and encourage younger hobbyists. Ideally, the older and younger hobbyists could remain in contact even after the show. Another simple yet priceless way to keep kids in the hobby is encouragement. I see a kid who is dabbling in painting. Encourage them to continue their endeavors. Perhaps a young child is experimenting with tack making. Direct them towards sites such as Rio Rondo. When I experimented with both, even a simple comment of, I like how you did X, made me want to go home and make tack for hours. I definitely think that younger collectors are more concerned with winning NAN cards than NAMSA itself. In regards to judging and volunteering, I think there is trepidation among younger showers to do so. Some, especially myself, don't want to be criticized by their method of judging by older members of the hobby. All right. So we're at the upcoming hobby events portion of our show. Yay! So um, in a week is Meows and Minis in Chicago. That is September 1st. Um, so yeah, that is Labor Day weekend. Um, Heather and I are both going. This is the first time I've gone to the show. And Dave. Oh, and Dave. But Dave's not going to the show. But Dave's coming. He's He'll be in Chicago. Dave will... <laughs> It is unlikely Dave will set foot in the show hall, but he will be in No, Chicago. I don't expect him to. Yeah, Dave, Dave will be there. We will have model horse people. You will have dinner with Dave and see that he exists. <laughs> anyway, maybe. maybe. Um, this, is the this is the first time I've been to the show. It's been a very successful show. It was um, held by Chris Walbrook. Um, Liz LaRose has taken yeah, it over for years. Year for years and it always looks like a great fun show so i'm i'm very much looking forward to it it's got a good class list um the nice thing about a mini show is you can pack 40 horses on a plane yeah. and it doesn't yeah. matter there are um, a lot of people coming to it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be fun it's gonna, it's be, gonna be fun, fun. All, all right, right. and then next backwards yeah backwards, backwards live? live it is a two-day show here in colorado and the reason mm -hmm. i put it on there is because i'm going 
Yay. So, uh, Amber Schultz has this show. Uh, it's up way up in the mountains in a really beautiful little bucolic Colorado town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, super uh, bare bones, classless, but it's a lot of fun. Everybody comes out for it. They do performance, artist resin, OF, and custom. Nice. Uh, so, so good, China. good full two yeah. day show. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I'll be there and I'll, uh, I'll take some pictures and maybe live stream, uh, some of the stuff and talk to some people there too. Uh, Jennifer Buxton will be there too. She's always my partner in crime when we go to these <laughs> overnight things. So, uh, Good times. yeah. So do you have, do you have anything coming up or you don't I, I know? I don't know yet. <laughs> the, 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 I have a free weekend in October, which is available for shows and, <laughs> nobody's having one <laughs> well, i don't know well because the the show that was supposed to be on sunday i heard just today has been canceled and that would have oh, been no. into Interme- the air live I, I i believe there was there was some kind of hall conflict is what i think happened so whose show um, was it uh oh i'm gonna be dd Dee Dee hornberger's uh-huh. show which she's had it for years right um supposedly on saturday like her show was on Sunday. On Saturday, there's another show. I want to say it's like in, um, it's called Burks. It's a it's a it's put on by oh, a yeah. 4-H club. They do like two shows a year. Um, I've been to a couple. I missed a couple. Um, I have not, I have not heard anything other than it's going to happen. So I'm trying to arrange that. I'm also trying to arrange to have um, Mayor Lafons come with me to that show so because she hasn't been to a show yet oh, so we good. were like oh we'll make a weekend out of it. it'll be great so now i guess we're gonna make a saturday out of it. i see it'll what you're great. doing what buttering up the tack maker hey <laughs> i need i need a like i need a local friend man <laughs> uh, yes you do and she's cool and she's fun yeah 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 we met mayor uh who does those fabulous saddle pads uh we met her she came over for uh, charcuterie before Briarfest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was she fit right in. Like she, yeah, yeah, like we've known her for years. So that was fun. And she brought really yummy mead. Oh yes, she did. What was that? Blackberry peppercorn. Um, yum, yum. Cherry cherry peppercorn. Ah, yeah. I have actually. I I have the address to that place, so I have to. Go <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um, the next big event after whatever Jackie figures out she's going to do is uh, <laughs> uh, Scottsdale Stampede. We've talked about this before. Um, but we'll both be there as yes. well. So we'll both uh, be there. So I'm sure there will be some Facebook live stuff from the pool, <laughs> from the pool, <laughs> from the little briar events, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's going to be a good time too. Yeah. So uh, that looks like that's going to be super fun. The hotel looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in December in Colorado, Grenade uh, uh, Grinlaus is having uh, a thing called clash of colors. So, it's uh, going to be an all uh, color workmanship uh, class uh, list, except for performance, which is going to be by breed. Which that I performance think performance class list looks fascinating and fun. It looks super interesting. Yeah, so I would. Uh, I wish this was some on a, a weekend that I could go, but the likelihood of me swapping a weekend out in December is really yeah. remote. Well, it's the first weekend of December, so it's not. Yeah, I already horrible. checked. I already checked oh, the date, and I'm working. Yeah. Bummer. Well, yeah. if you can, you know where you can stay. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're super excited about that um about that performance class list, especially especially Buxton, who's already I'm planning all these shows now. Woo! <laughs> Yay! It's fun to show. Um 
so yeah, so that's kind of the wrap up of the events I know about uh, that we're we're attending, which is kind of what this turned into. Uh, well, I, that's the shows we're going to talk about. Is the stuff we right. go to. Uh, if you have an event you want uh, put on here, let us know. Get mm-hmm. uh, get in touch with that at inf- info at com, And we can arrange something. Yep. Yay. Hi, everybody. This is Heather. I wanted to share with you an artist project by uh, a young woman by the name of Pam Vigo, who is a hobbyist who uh, is working on an art project at the University of Texas at El Paso. She has an artist statement for her work, Never Ending Leap of Faith, which is going to be on our blog. You can look at it. So check it out. My current project is a large-scale piece discussing the hostile environment horse enthusiasts face on a regular basis in the non-equine world. I chose to construct a wall out of paper slips with commentary from horse horse enthusiasts about their experiences with bullying, specifically bullying done by non-horse enthusiasts for being open about their passion for horses. From experience, I know the passion ranges from owning and riding horses to playing with toy horses and collecting model horses. Also from experience, I know that we are always bullied for projecting that passion in a multitude of forms at any phase of life. I choose to represent this harassment as a wall because we cannot knock the wall down to pave a better path for ourselves. So it continues to grow taller and wider for the next generation of horse enthusiasts. I also chose to crumple up the slips as a visual metaphor for what our brain does with these bad memories. We tried hard to throw these bad memories away, but yet they reappear every once in a while. The second part of the piece would be a silhouette of a horse and rider sailing over the wall. This silhouette is a metaphor of how we get past lifelong harassment. We go to our horses and we get over it. No matter how bad the words hurt or how hard the physical barriers are to cross, the horse helps us sail over it each and every time. Thus, I have titled this upcoming piece, Never Ending Leap of Faith, to convey the constant yet triumphant struggles of getting through day-to-day life as a horse enthusiast. Check out Pam's artwork on the MIB blog called Never Ending Leap of Faith, and if you want to contribute to her story, you can email her at pivigosanchez at yahoo.com. That's P-I-V-I-G-O-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z at yahoo.com. All right, I think we're about ready to wrap it up. All right, now we're getting ready to close the show. Boo, it always Ooh. goes by so fast. I know. Because um, we're fun. <coughs> we are fun. It's true. All right, so just um, kind of stuff to remind everybody about. Um, don't forget, we have the Mares in Black, Black Swag. We have the Mares in Black Swag Store where you can get your t-shirt, tote bag needs filled. Speaking of which, the polls ended for the swag. Yes. The swag stuff. So uh, there was a definite enthusiastic yes to ladies sizing for the shirts. Mm-hmm. And the top three colors were drum roll, <laughs> teal, purple, and pink. All good options. All good options. So good, we. Good taste and uh, choices, ladies. Look for that to pop up in the, sh- the store in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Woohoo. So, but in the meanwhile, you can uh, buy our regular stuff. We tend to get it shipped out pretty quickly because right now the volume is very low. <laughs> so it works for everybody. Yeah. And I don't know if we figured out how we're going to stock the colors because I don't want Jackie to have to, you know, buy a thousand dollars worth of stuff and have it sit around. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have a place for that many, Well, we can figure it out. Yep. Um, we will let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. That might be something you take pre-orders for. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And- uh, 
You want to talk about sponsors and stuff? And oh yeah, uh, we still uh, we still are looking for sponsors and uh, ads for people. If you want to uh, be mentioned on the show, if you have a big sale upcoming, if you have an appearance somewhere, if you have a good or service you want to advertise, uh, get in touch with us and we'll give you the packet. It's super cheap, uh, and just email us at mayorsandblack.com. Yep, and you can get get your all your information about that. You can also email info at mayorsinblack.com if you're interested in the youth mentoring program. We're looking not only for young people who would like an older hobby hobbyist as a mentor, but we're also looking for older hobbyists who want to be uh who want to do the mentoring. Or you know, middle age yeah. or kind of still young hobbyists that know what they're doing. We're we you know <laughs> seasoned hobbyists. <laughs> Uh, I know. You I'm know. just being a wise ass. I'm sorry. It's only Tuesday. I'm Ooh. not. I'm not thinking of myself as older. What are you kidding? Anyway, oh, I'm old hey. as dirt. Yeah. We're gonna be fifty next year. Shush. Shh. We're old. Stop. Oldsters. Stop. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, when that thing from AARP comes, I'm gonna throw myself off my balcony. <laughs> Don't do that. What am I going to do? You can't do that. Well, you've got mayor now. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. I hang out with somebody one time and I'm accused I, of infidelity. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so anyway. We talked about we talked about the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, also, we're probably going to put up a poll for future things to discuss um so performance the international showing and collecting perspective that has definitely happened at some point yeah that's um, happening judging philosophies this this wonderful rebirth of customizing that we were in the middle of um there's so gotta be some original that. finish I cannot, oh yeah, i cannot anything? begin to tell you how happy um, i am the, you know there's gotta be original finish topics we we're oh, not thinking God. of because we, we are not focused on that Actually, speaking on that, mm-hmm. I think I know the Kellys agreed. I think I want to get uh, Kirsten, Sarah Wellman, and do a roundtable with them. Oh on yeah, collectability, fantastic. So if you guys are listening, give us a shout. Yeah, um, we'll we'll figure it out because we know how to do it now. <laughs> but uh, but let yeah, us know, buddy. What, let us know what you want to hear, and we'll talk yep. about it. All right. And I think uh, that's all we have for this show. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope uh, you enjoyed the interviews. Let us know what you thought of the show. Um, send us an email or hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and our uh, Wobegon Twitter handle is all mares in black. <laughs> and you can always email us at info at All right. And uh, we'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks after uh, Meows and Minis with another show. We'll see you then. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.